Hello and welcome to R Plus J Equals Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Gatdula, and with me, of course, is my lovely wife, Regina. Hello. How are you doing? Good. You sound a lot more upbeat than last time. I'm excited. I think it was really good that we had the warm-up episode, and I knew what to expect, and I'm really happy that we did it. You sound more comfortable in your voice. Um, I mean, if Pippa wakes up, it is what it is. We'll fix it. Um, <laughs> but we'll just figure it out from there. Yeah. And I I think I noticed when we were listening to the volume, like when we were listening to the episode, I was really low volume in the intro. And it Uh was like something that I just wanted to correct. But it's Uh fine. We worked out the kinks. Hopefully there's no big audio issues. But we're here. We're ready. We're ready for Game of Thrones. It's, It's a big season. It's the first episode. So let's get right into it. Yes. Right. So the... The first thing we noticed, of course, and I think everybody noticed, it was quite jarring, the new intro and a lot of the different graphical elements and all those things that were going on. What did you notice in it? I mean, I noticed everything. It started off with like, whoa, what is this? Like, yeah. what are we watching? And did I think it was necessary? No. Mm-hmm. But it was nice, and I understand why they did it. It's the last season. They want to kind of start off with something new, refreshing, something eye-opening, it was cool. I mean, the graphics look great. It's yeah. very refined. And the little details that they were inclu- they were able to include that people might have noticed. Like, I went back to rewatch it just because I wanted to just understand what was going on. Because I think I was so thrown off by it that I was just, like, not paying attention as much. The details that they included were so intricate. Like, they even had Cersei's floor map within yeah. the King's Landing's castle. And then within the sun, like, they mm-hmm. didn't have just the sigils standing around. It was actually a recreation of some of the scenes, right? Mm-hmm. The one that I noticed, and we were actually looking at it at work, we paused, and we actually had a meeting about Game of Thrones today. <laughs> we did. <laughs> um, but we paused, and we noticed it was actually a representation of the Red Wedding. It uh-huh. had the twins. It had, I think, Freys in the middle. But then it also had, like, one of the Boltons, like a flayed man holding Rob's like wolf head yeah you know i i noticed that and i was a bit confused because i think it was actually like a lion but i wasn't sure because it happened so fast oh yeah the lannister line was on the right 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 and i was confused because i i thought to myself is that a flayed man holding a wolf's head like is that supposed to represent rob stark and the red wedding and all of that but then I figured I'd just ask you about yeah. it. So I wasn't I sure. I mean, I do want to later go back and look at all of those because mm-hmm. I didn't get to look at anything beyond that. I'm sure there's an article already out yeah, about sure. it. So <laughs> I think the other thing that was cool was going into the key places, right? Mm-hmm. It went into the crypts of Winterfell. Right. It went into the throne room. Like, that was really cool. I really liked how they did the throne room. And you brought a good point up that, you know, maybe at the end, who knows, that sigil is going to be yeah. replaced by whoever wins. But... We'll see. Back to the Baratheons, because Gen- Gendry will be king, right? <laughs> that's what I think. No, that's actually not what I think. <laughs> anyway, so getting into the actual episode, the opening scene, the march into Winterfell of, you know, Danny the queen, and John the possible future king, if they get married or something like that. What about that scene was really interesting to you? Wait, would John become king if they got married? Or would he just be... King regent? King regent, like... <laughs> Anyways, um, I thought the scene was really cool. I um, really appreciated and enjoyed how they 
paralleled it to the first season first episode when king robert marches into winterfell they had the same music yeah. they had the same structure of a child which in the first season was aria and this one it was some kid we don't know but still a northerner kid running and climbing and being excited to see a king slash queen come to winterfell um and it was very nice. I thought, um, even with Sansa's kind of like, I don't care attitude when John asks, Where's Arya? She's lurking. That was even the same reaction yeah. when, she, you know, Catelyn asked Sansa, Where's your sister? She was just shrugged. Yeah. So it was just a very uh, nostalgic experience for me. And I really appreciated that. I really liked I, how they did that. I think it was really interesting hearing the music specifically because mm-hmm. that's not really a track we've heard since no. then. And it was like, of a different time. Usually right. the Game of Thrones music now is super moody, mm-hmm. but that was very like, I don't know, pure, pure yeah, season one. Yeah, it was one. raw. It was very memorable. I still remember that music because, to be yeah. honest, it's not my favorite. Yeah, so every boring. time, you know, I watched that first episode of the first season, I was like, oh, this music's not that great, but it still evoked that like King Robert marching to Winterfell happiness yeah. <laughs> that, it, that it used to have. I mean, definitely... They were marching with less serious circumstances yeah. versus what John and Danny are doing. And she had a huge entourage yeah. versus Robert. So, and she had dragons. A couple shout outs for the entourage. We both loved the little look that Missandei and <laughs> Grey Worm looked at each other when all the uh, Northerners were giving them a weird look, probably because those are the first people of color they've ever seen in their yeah, lives. Yeah, I guess I didn't realize the Northerners were a bit racist yeah. and closed off, but that makes but sense now. I think that was a funny, clever little nod to like the real world a little yeah. bit. To like say, hey, yeah, this right. is something that's dealt with everywhere. Right, right. And yeah. her look that she gives is kind of like, oh, okay, well, like, here it, it is. is. What it is, it is yeah. what it is. At least they have dragons know? on their side. Right, and right. Tons of and I really liked when the dragons flew over Winterfell and you see Arya's reaction yeah. and you see Sansa's reaction because, you know, like I said, and I think I said this last time in the podcast, I love... You know, everybody talks about the dragons for so long that they're not real, that they're all dead. And the fact that these characters are seeing dragons for the first time, it it's nice to see how they react. Yeah. Like when Jamie reacted when he first yeah. saw Drogon. And I thought the other thing that was funny was seeing all the northerners running for their lives thinking right. that they were all going to die. I mean, if I was a northerner and I saw a dragon, I would think I was going to die. That's true. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's like being like seeing a fighter jet if you're just walking around in the middle right. of nowhere and you're like, why are what is happening? Like, right. oh my god! So that scene, the march that happens, and then we get into some reunions, right? Mm-hmm. We get into John and Bran, which I personally really, really liked. Like John, like got really like into it, and he hustled up on his horse and mm-hmm. like embraced Bran. Mm-hmm. And of course, we got Bran being like the three-eyed raven, which is something I want to talk about really quick. It's like. Why does Bran have to be so robot when the other Three-Eyed Raven was like, oh, I'm a normal dude. I'm just in a tree and and I don't have to act like that. The way that I fix it in my head is that, you know, that former Three-Eyed Raven has been around for a very long time and he's very experienced, very comfortable and very fully realized versus Bran. I mean, he came from very different circumstances in terms of like – Half of his family got murdered, and he probably went back and watched every single person get murdered. Also, he did all of it in super quick fashion, right? right? Versus I mean, the, the Three-Eyed Raven before probably like took a, a long time to learn everything. And able to process that information versus Bran. I mean, to be quite blunt, he 
probably just got fucked up in the head because and, he had to process so much information, so much history, and so much trauma in such a short period of time. It probably really fucked you up. Now, I don't think it's necessary for him to be robotic for yeah. the show, but that's how I make sense in my head. Yeah. Like, it would be a million times better and a million times less jarring for him to just be a three-yard raven. Delivering his lines in a monotone manner but not so robotic yeah. and weird i think it's also weird when you see i forget the kid's name isaac hempstead Wright or something mm-hmm. like that when you see him in interviews and stuff and he's very animated right and oh really yeah he's got a he's got a personality but then to see him as brand it's like a little weird and speaking of weird i love his i don't love i think his, <laughs> his weird ass outburst when everybody's like introing and it's like right. oh yeah Sansa's like, oh, yeah, you know, she was a little mean to Daenerys. Right. And then she's like, oh, but Winterfell's yours. Uh-huh. And then there was some tension there that we were. Like half a second, yeah. but then Bran's weird outburst was We kind don't of have a... any time. It's like when you're sitting. I've seen the Night King. <laughs> <laughs> it's like if you're sitting at a restaurant or a public place and some not so well looking homeless man comes in and just yells out all of these crazy theories. You're just kind of like. <laughs> the end is near. Right. You're just yeah. kind of like, all right. Okay, dude, you know, I get it. It kind of felt that way because it was just so random. And I love John and Danny's face. They were just like, Uh okay. But it was also kind of interesting because when he just basically said, hey, you know, the Night King has one of your dragon. I I always thought it would be heavier when she found out. And maybe that they're saving that moment for when she actually sees the dragon versus like, it being told, but I thought it would have a little bit more weight throughout yeah, the episode. Danny last year was like, These are my children. You understand what happened? Like, right. My child died. Right. I try to make it up in my head that maybe she already knew. How would she know? I don't know. Brand sent they a were raven on a or boat. something. I don't know. So that's why she didn't react, but I don't think that's right. No, it was still a surprise, yeah. but I just thought it, it just would have so been clear. right. I thought yeah. they would bring it up again, like in the meeting or whatnot, but it kind of was like, he has your dragon, and then she's like surprised, and then it's never brought up again. Wouldn't yeah. you be concerned? It's a dragon, yeah. for heaven's sakes, that's blowing out blue fire. So that was a little bit weird, and I don't want to get too critical of the small things, but... I just thought it would have a little bit more weight in the episode. Yeah. I don't know. I People don't understand Bran. I don't think even has us as an audience understands mm-hmm. Bran, and maybe they intend to do that. We'll just see how the rest of the season goes. I mean, I just I assume he's just going to be like that. We have to accept it. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit more about him a little bit later, mm-hmm. too, just with his general awkwardness and his general just appearing, <laughs> staring <laughs> at people staring, randomly. yeah. Um, it was quite comedic, even if it wasn't meant to be that way. Anything else from the intro kind of reunion scene? So I want to bring up Sansa and Daenerys because I think it was something that was expected. I mean, Daenerys was quite pleasant with her, called yeah. her beautiful, said thank you for welcoming me into your home. Sansa just kind of gave her a, our, you know, a bitch face and was like, yeah. Winterfell is yours. Now, with Sansa... I understand her perspective in the sense that, you know, John's probably been gone, like, say, 10 months to a year at this point, right? Bending the knee. Bending. (laughs) (laughs) He wasn't bending the knee the entire time. But um, I understand her perspective in the sense that they worked so hard to get back Winterfell from the Boltons. She worked really hard to govern while he was gone. And 
he was the king and she hears in a letter from him that he bent the knee and she sees it and she probably doesn't fully understand the gravity of the situation so she is bitter and yeah. she's and she's mad at John cuz all of that work that she did for him is kind of went to nothing went to right. nothing yeah. and so and she also doesn't trust anyone yeah she i mean she the only person she trusts really is herself yeah she doesn't really trust her family and so i think she obviously is very doubtful of Daenerys and her intentions because mm-hmm. she doesn't know her so everything that Santa has been through and everything that she has come to be and everything that she has tried to do for her family I understand why she's very hesitant to accept Daenerys right yeah. in the first meeting yeah. and I think they will continue to butt heads because they're both very yeah. strong women and I think we talked about this a little bit before and yesterday after we were watching the episode was that we are annoyed by this drama, right? Like, it's annoying to have to see. I think but, you're more annoyed yeah. by it. I think it's necessary. Well, that's what I'm getting to is basically I'm annoyed by it personally because I'm like, come on, guys. There's zombies and stuff. But if the show didn't have this tension, mm-hmm. didn't have this drama, it wouldn't make sense. It wouldn't be logical. It like, wouldn't be realistic. Yeah, exactly. Like, how they've, they've been talking about the Northerners for long, so long in they the books. They don't like foreigners. They don't like foreigners. They don't trust people right off the bat. You know, they want their own king in the north yep. whose name is Stark. They don't just accept anybody. So it would be completely unrealistic if Northerners, not even the Northerners, but specifically Sansa and you know, everyone around her just say, hey, yeah, it's cool Daenerys is queen. Because, like, also, they haven't seen the White Walkers. They haven't looked at yeah. the Night King in the eyes and all of that stuff that John always says. So, yes, they know there's a threat. They know the wall's broken. But unless they see, that's what Daenerys said in the previous evening. You have to you have see, to see it. To, so to I understand. think all of this drama is necessary because, to me, it would have been a little weird and out of character if Sansa and the rest of the Nor- Northern Lords would be fine with it. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And also, if you think about it, what do they know about Daenerys? They know her Nothing. father is a bad king, and that's basically it. And that's why, and they're afraid of dragons. And they're like, afraid of dragons. They, they Dothraki doesn't have a good name. They don't know anything about the Unsullied. So to think that these people, and including Sansa, would just be okay with it, yeah. they don't know. Another thing is you got to think these people just integrated wildlings into the right, lands, right, and now they're just like even more, and that's all Jon Snow right. keeps doing, just bringing more and more outsiders. Which right? you know, it sounds like <laughs> it sounds an like, immigration yeah. issue, but um, I think from their perspective, it's more about they just don't know this queen yeah. who has this name that is an infamous name with a mean dad. They killed the former. Lord of Winterfell mm-hmm. and Brandon Stark burn them alive viciously. So of course they're gonna have yeah. oh, that's true. ill feelings. That's true. I like how you just call him a mean dad. Like that's the <laughs> most that's the most like I don't know what? tame description of the he mad king. He wasn't mean dad. He was like a mean dad, you know. He wasn't great. You know, he wasn't always there for the kids. <laughs> so let's keep going with some of these reunions, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, first up. Let's go with Tyrion and Sansa. Mm-hmm. I think we talked about this a lot in our previous episode. We were looking forward to some of these awkward mm-hmm. reunions. How did you think Tyrion and Sansa's reunion played? So in the preview episode that we talked, I thought it was going to be a lot more positive. I did think there was going to be a gentle nod to each other. And yeah. while there was, um, it, there definitely 
was some tension. Yeah. And when I read the show, oh, not read, excuse me, when I watched the showrunner's explanation, it yep. made sense yep. to me. So they mentioned that if Tyrion came under different circumstances, maybe even by himself or whatnot, Sansa would have been more warm yep. and welcoming and definitely a, a more of a positive reunion versus he in her eyes, is bringing this queen that has essentially taken the crown from her brother, brought all of these people that she basically doesn't have food for and has to take care of. And that's why she's bitter. And that's yeah. why she isn't as warm and welcoming um, as I thought that she would be. And the fact that, you know, he is bringing the Lannister army. I mean, in Sansa's eyes, and Arya's eyes, the, the Lannisters are enemy number one. Yeah. You know, they killed their father. Yeah. They or organized the murder of their brother and mother. Yeah. Yep. And so anything with the Lannisters is distasteful to yeah. them. And the fact that the army that defends that family is coming to Winterfell mm-hmm. is a little bit unacceptable. To yeah, Sansa. and I thought that was really weird. I didn't think about that Tyrion was going to be the one to deliver the message that the Lannister army was coming. Didn't and Lannister seem... is just a bad word Yeah, and that Winterfell. seems kind of dumb for Tyrion to be like, oh yeah, and the Lannister army, as if he's representing the Lannister army. He's right. not. He's not right. supposed to be. And also, it's funny because it seems like Sansa knows Cersei more than Tyrion yeah. does at this point. Or it, it's, it was very blunt when she said, I thought you were the cleverest man yeah. in the world. Because she knows that Cersei's lying. Yeah. It's funny because when I thought about Game of Thrones and when it's premiered and all of these reunions, I didn't think of all of these different layers. Yeah. I really didn't think about, for example, how are they going to feed all of these people? Yeah. How? What about the dragons? What are they going to eat? Yeah. I just thought this army is going to come, these dragons are going to come, and everything's going to be fine. I really didn't think about all these different layers, and I really appreciate that. Yeah. Because it's more Those realistic. Are the things that they thought about. Right? Yeah, and which I don't give them enough credit sometimes. Enough credit sometimes that they don't think of the small things, and sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. So I appreciated those little caveats and those little situations because as an audience member, I'm like, oh, yeah, how are they going to feed these people? Yeah. <laughs> like, like literally where are the dragons going to get and their that food? would of course be a point of conflict right right that makes total sense right and yeah. you know all of the food that daenerys is supposed to have for her army got lost when um the lannister army yeah. invaded highgarden so yeah. i appreciate those different uh, little conflicts so back to some of the reunions uh one of them that we were very much anticipating was john and Arya, mm-hmm. right and for me personally I really, really enjoyed it. I think I teared up a bit. Their acting was really, really good. Mm-hmm. Especially, Maisie Williams is, has just become a really, really good actress, especially in some of the facial tics that mm-hmm. you see. Because we haven't really seen her smile that much mm-hmm. in this, the series, right? Mm-hmm. In the last couple years. But then in this episode specifically, there are a couple flashes of her being a human again, her being a Stark again. She smiled at John. She snickered. She smiled at Gendry. We'll talk about that reunion a little bit as well. But I I personally really liked the reunion. But then I also liked that there was still there was some tension. It wasn't absolutely perfect. There was tension because of her saying, you have to remember that you're still a Stark. Mm-hmm. You have to remember that we trust Sansa mm-hmm. and I'm on her side now. Right. I thought that was really interesting. So it wasn't just this typical storybook ending and storybook reunion. So 
With John and Arya's reunion, I thought it was fine. I thought it made sense. You know, it it was a parallel to the first conversation we saw between them two in season one. She gives him a hug by jumping on him and they talk about swords. For some reason, I don't know. I didn't think it was the most amazing reunion that I had in my head. I liked John and Sansa's reunion more. Yeah. I liked when John gave Bran a hug in this episode a lot more. I'd rather rewatch that one. I thought it was good, I but I I just I didn't love it. I thought it would have been more impactful if she was there standing next to Sansa or next to Bran and John rushes and gives both of them a hug and they showed a scene of them talking yeah. later. I think maybe it's because it's been built up so much in our heads mm-hmm. because that is the true Stark sibling mm-hmm. like relationship that matters the most right you could say right in the books and in the show it always showcased those two as the ones who are closely connected the most they really had a very good relationship so i understand where you're coming from. right and i think also think it has to do with the fact that Arya's. i mean she isn't that little kid anymore she yeah. isn't has lovey-dovey yeah. or whatnot and i also agree with you i thought it was very interesting that she defended Sansa and yeah. said she's the smartest person she knows. Yeah. Which I don't know if that is setting up for something because there's yeah. definitely loyalty that Arya feels for Sansa yeah. a lot more. I'm not saying she feels it less than yeah. John, but I think it plays up to the fact that Sansa's a Stark, Arya's a Stark. We need to stay Starks and defend our family. And do you think it's foreshadowing to something? It, I don't know. It, it definitely felt. Like it, right? felt when she said, don't forget that, yeah. coming from Arya to John, I thought she would say something like, of course, you're, she's your, you know, she knows yeah. you're her brother and give him a hug. But it was yeah. like, don't forget that. Yeah. So it was, it was definitely, I think, will play in the future somehow. So speaking of that future, let's talk about dragons. Let's mm-hmm. talk about dragon riding and other things that happen. And how there. to train your dragon. Yeah, and a whole new world of that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I think starting off with um, dragons who are not eating a lot and them not liking the north, I think that was... So they, they just said, like, they don't like the north, right? I actually put it in my head that they're actually depressed. They're depressed that Aww. their brother... That their brother is dead, and maybe they know that he's re- reignited as a zombie dragon. But I think that's something kind of interesting to think about. They feel emotions and they feel connections to dragons each other. have feelings too. Yeah, so <laughs> I think that was kind of sad. But then it led into this this scene. Well, let me make a point about the dragons okay. and why they establish the fact that they're not eating. Um, I think it means that, you know, they will become vulnerable somehow in the future. If they're not eating, obviously that means they're going to get weaker, mm-hmm. becoming oh, more yeah. vulnerable, so easier to kill. I mean, you believed in our last episode that dragons aren't able to die or aren't, you know. and Unless now they the, die of starvation, Well, if you think about the previous dragons, you know, thousands of years before, they were small and they were weak, and so that's why they died. Oh. So... I'm not saying Drogon and Rhaegal are going to become small and weak, but I think they're definitely going to become weaker. Yeah. And so they're going to be more easy to kill. So, yeah, are they alluding to something happening in Right. They're, they're going to be powerful, but maybe they won't be as powerful. So I think that's going to be very key to know and kind of keep in the back of your head because, I mean, we think the dragons are all powerful. There's definitely going to be a massacre with the zombies and even Cersei's army, but maybe they 
Maybe they won't be able to do it. Maybe even this ice dragon might be more powerful because ice dragon doesn't need food. That's true. So, and the ice dragon can live in the north. So, oh it's yeah, gonna, he's very at home in the cold. <laughs> he's very at home. So, I think that's going to definitely be a very important factor yeah. when it comes to the dragon's strength. And I do agree. Maybe they're a little sad. Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> sad. Speaking of sad, um, <laughs> this. So overall, my feelings about the episode were. It was decent. It's a typical first episode. I was hoping that maybe they'd start off with a bang and surprise us, but they didn't, and that's okay. I, I gave it a rating to some of my friends. I said it's about a 6.7 really? out of 10. That's it. I actually really liked the episode, and yeah. I thought it was way better than season 7, episode 1. Maybe because I'm, that 50% of that had poop in it. I'm, pro- <laughs> I'm probably just being harsh because I had expectations built up, and that's on me. And that's You fault. always have expectations built up. I always try to not have high expectations, but that's just who I am. I fall into the hype. Did you want a main character to die? Yeah, I actually did. But for me... Even with some of the qualms we talked about earlier in the episode, I, I was still very much enjoying it. I thought the mm-hmm. writing was pretty good. I thought it was in line with characters, and I didn't think it was too bad. I, I was generally pleased with it. Until the John and Danny dragon riding moments. I think there's a, lo- a couple of things that we you talked about. You mean Aladdin and Jasmine riding yeah, the carpet? Know, Aladdin and Jasmine, nephew, auntie, relationship <laughs> riding dragon scene. Which um, I'm excited when that movie comes out in May. Yeah, instantly <laughs> I immediately thought of A Whole New World during that scene. Like snarky flirting and like you flying, like visiting Winterfell, looking at these sites. It was just a little, there's a couple things, right? It was definitely cheesy. It felt a little jarring. And maybe that's okay. Maybe it's because, like, hey, we have to set up that they do love each other. They they are in this mode where they're, like, really flirtatious, like the honeymoon phase, right? I know it's not something you've really ever seen in Game of Thrones. Um, but to me, they just they still don't have that much love chemistry. I don't think it's just because they're incestuous and it's in the back of my head because Cersei and Jamie they have... <laughs> chemistry <laughs> weirdly enough but you can you can see it and you can like feel it there whereas john and danny like it just feels really forced so i agree and i disagree with you i think for me personally in my head the first time we see john ride we all knew it was yeah. gonna be Ragel. so the first time we all see john ride Ragel, i thought it was going to be this most epic scene where it was shocking but awesome and you know you want to stand up and cheer so when I saw him do it in this manner it was definitely not what I expected but I also say okay that makes sense he's not going to be the best at it you know the reason why Daenerys was great at it when the first time is because she's been with the dragons she knows the dragons john has not ever seen a dragon his entire life and so the fact of the matter of him like how do i get on it and him falling off it made sense to me it would be a little bit too perfect if he was just automatically awesome at it i think the other thing though the reason that you were getting that kind of expectation was the scene from the previous season the build up to him touching a dragon that was a great scene that was great and we were hoping for the same kind of nuance right yeah i was definitely hoping for that epic feel it was it wasn't rush me i just felt like he looked a little stupid i think like he he felt kind of dolty like how jamie puts it like oh how do you what if i fall like it just wasn't as kingly and 
you know, John has always been a little dolty, but like when you watch the previous scenes, it's like he's a king and he's yeah. respected. And, he's, and then it's like the tone changed. And the tone, yeah, he just kind of was like, oh, it just was kind of like this, you know, kind of dumb guy that's like, oh, I guess, you know, I'll ride on a buffalo and fall off after 10 seconds. That's how it felt. But it kind of just that you just saying that reminded me of that stupid scene in Star Wars Episode 2 where oh. Anakin is riding on the like oh, in the in the grassy area. Let's not mix up <laughs> properties, okay? But um, you know, but like I said at the same time it it's a realistic aspect yeah. of the whole riding a dragon. Um, I I also think the problem is, you know, when I read in the books of Daenerys riding Drogon for the first time in the arena, it was an epic scene in my head. And then when I watched it um, in season five, it didn't feel epic. Yeah. I thought the CG was bad, and I think the close-up was bad. And I think every time they do that angle yeah. of, like, the side and the front and the so close, it doesn't look good. Yeah. It looks a little wonky to me and a little cheesy. And so I just wish when he got on the dragon, he could fall. He could be scared. That's fine. But I wish it was more of like a wider shot. Yeah. Um, and I think it should have had the music even wasn't that epic. Yeah. They he should they should have played their Targaryen song. They did. But, but it, it was, was very hear, it was hard. It was kind of different. And it wasn't it. because our volume was so no. low. But the music wasn't that epic. When Danny rides Drogon and the other two dragons come and they burn all the ships in Marine, that was epic. That is what I imagined her riding the dragon the first time. And so I'm just hoping that that same vibe comes when he rides Rhaegal in some crazy battle yeah. and he has to run away. I think that's it. I think that's what they're that's what's gonna redeem it. Yeah. So I was quite disappointed, but at the flip side, it made sense kind of that's how they showcased their love for each other. I agree. I think the chemistry is a little off, but I also think, you know, to play, play as devil advocate that you, we don't see Daenerys ever in this situation. I mean, yeah. she wasn't like this, we'll call Drogo. After she fell in love with him, it was more of like she loved him and I believed it, but their relationship was just different. This is more of like a oh, girly, keep your queen warm, cheesy kind of that love. That line was bad. It seems like high school love to yeah. me. Yeah, that, but that line was bad. <laughs> I mean, I thought the background of uh, the waterfall was terrible. Yeah. It looked like you went to JCPenney and you had, <laughs> hey, I want a waterfall background. Or it looked like you went to Comic-Con and you dressed in. Yeah, that totally. <laughs> yeah. It looks like a Comic-Con backdrop that green with dro- cosplay. Right. It's like, hey, put on this jacket. This guy with a green screen. Oh, yeah. And then you get the printouts, and that's what it looked like to me. And I didn't think the fake background was necessary. They should have just cut the waterfall and just had the snow or the dragon in the background. It just, it wasn't good. And it was so close. Yeah. Like them, too. One last thing that I did want to say about that scene I thought the dragon flying scene itself was a little too long as well. I think if you cut it, then like. The longer that scene sits, the more cringe it gets. And it's like, you don't have to keep going. Like, you don't have to have this flirtatious chase. I like, mean, I, I, just fly. I, it's fine. I, I think you hate it more. After watching it a second time, I, 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 I didn't hate it the first time. I thought it was fine. I thought it was cute. Um, There's no room I, for cute in Game of Thrones. <laughs> Get out of here. But they have to. You know, we complain so much that season seven 
they John and Danny didn't have a genuine moment together. I think this was a great way to show some genuinity. And it's perfect because they're both Targaryens. Of course they're going to ride dragons. I think I think it was a perfect moment. And it was a very lighthearted, genuine moment. I do think the chemistry is a little off. But I also say it's a little bit out of character for them to be kind of giddy. But maybe that's what we need. Um I don't but want... I, I don't I do think with Amelia Clark and Kit Harrington, I, I don't yeah. think they have chemistry. I personally don't want that kind of thing in my Game of Thrones. But <laughs> like but the it, giddy, like cheesy, like it, it didn't anything ha- close to that. And I think they just executed wrong. I think what they had in their head was a lot more subtle. Subtle and genuine. I think it just came off cheesy. I liked the dragon riding in terms of the length i'm fine with it i liked how rayul took him down dropped down and came back up i thought it was fine i just i didn't think the chemistry was all there and i hated that fake waterfall back it was just was a very jarring experience for Um, me i actually didn't really like how drogon like did a little sniff at the you know end oh. i thought that was a little like comedic but you said you didn't mind that. i didn't mind that maybe because the cg was good i thought <laughs> but <laughs> i didn't mind that um speaking of chemistry um and it's the opposite <laughs> we had another set of reunions and it was Arya the hound and gendry right it started with Arya and the hound and i thought i think perfect. both of us think it was perfect right, right? it was a it was like cold but yet a little bit like oh you're still here that's 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 cool that's cool right i'm cool i'll see you out there in the battle and i never expected them to just hug and be like hey i'm sorry like we're cool now i thought it was absolutely in character um but in terms of actual chemistry like it's funny because it's a jarring example at least for me in the same episode of two actors who had chemistry a long time ago, mm-hmm. even if they were super young, it was kind of funny when like Gendry made fun of Arya when he found out she was a lady, right. and bringing that call back and like just their acting ability, their ability to play off each other, just with like a three minute scene, the looks that they were giving, the smiles, you really believe that hey, they kind of have a thing for each other, they right. kind of have a crush, and that chemistry was on point, yeah, way better than John and Danny's chemistry. I mean the the faces that uh, Arya gives to Gendry and her looks, like the half smile and just yeah. the eye. Like she acts with her face. Yeah. And I think that really, and I don't think John, well, I guess John and Danny act with their face, but the chemistry between the Gendry and Arya and those two actors was a lot more yeah. on yeah. fire, pun intended. <laughs> I think the than, interesting... It was dragon fire. The interesting... <laughs> mom joke the interesting thing is that they haven't been in a scene together since season three um yes because that's when uh, melisandre and takes for them, them to like just jump straight into it the, and have that kind of same yeah chemistry. and it's not like oh my god yeah. they hugged and it's so great and it to wasn't see cheesy it because, was subtle right and that's not Arya anymore to be yeah. a kid yeah. but it there definitely was some sort of love connection yeah so we'll see how that plays and, i mean for me the fact that they were able to pull that scene off so well subtly uh-huh. compared to the dragon scene i think that's what makes it like hard hard for me to accept i think we just have to accept that john and danny the there's, two actors just don't have yeah. chemistry and there's not going to be any more of these lovey-dovey scenes obviously we'll see unless they're awkward ones where he's like vomiting in the background because he's so <laughs> grossed out but he's like i'll be right back danny 
And then he's I like, mean, oh, okay. We'll get to that, but I don't know if John is yeah has grossed out, but we'll see. Um, another moment of chemistry, and it's something that I actually enjoyed. Everything was Cersei in this episode. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, was, you liked everything? It was focused around Cersei and Euron, right? Mm-hmm. And most of the scene was about how Euron's like, hey, why don't I get to be like your, your king now? I, I want to have sex with you. <laughs> he um, didn't say he... <laughs> I want to have sex with you. He said I want to fuck you. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, for me, I think seeing Cersei in this kind of fashion again brings you back to, hey, at the end of the day, she is human, right? She showed a little bit of a human side to herself. Even after like they had sex, they, they had a little bit of banter. It was kind of entertaining. It was weird and oddly satisfying to see her as a normal person rather than just as a stone-cold bitch again. What? I don't know why. She's not a normal person. She's still cold Yeah. Even but... all the conversation. I did not see any human element of Cersei in yeah. those scenes. All I saw of Cersei is... Yes, she uh, vented and she, you know. That's human. <laughs> she she doesn't have a heart anymore. I was actually really surprised that her and Euron hooked up. Yeah. I wasn't, I thought she wasn't going to hook up with anyone this season. And, um, and I thought she would never hook up with Euron. But in the sense of her being human, yeah, she needs a little bang bang here and there. But, um, you know, and she is oddly attracted to his arrogance and the Cersei now who is just so desperate and so cold and so black inside makes sense that attraction makes sense and her having sex with him to me shows her absolute desperation and she's just so far gone Mm -hmm. down this like lack of soul path that at the end of the day, it made sense to me that they hooked up. And when you talk about her human side, there was a little blip of that when he said, I'm going to put a prince in you. And she yeah. looked, which makes me think that now there is no, my pregnar is off, but I don't think she is pregnant anymore. I, I do, I could say she used to be pregnant, but definitely not pregnant anymore whether she lost the baby or she just said that to keep jamie in check and she can't have jamie anymore and she's sad yeah definitely no baby though i think that was a really interesting scene and that that kind of tearful look that she had at the end can go like you were saying in multiple ways it's Mm -hmm. either no i was lying and i never had a baby and that just makes me think of jamie or i did have a baby and i lost it or there actually is still a baby in me. And I'm, right. I'm sad that Jamie's not here to be the person. Right. Right. To, to father, to be the father for that baby. Right. We'll see. Um, my money's still on that she was never pregnant. What did you think of the Golden Company captain? Oh, yeah. That weird, like, <laughs> deluxe version of Jamie, I guess, <laughs> is the best way you can put it. It's like Jamie from season one. All right. But not as handsome. Yeah, he's not as he's not a looker like Jamie is, but you know he had the golden armor. He right. was tall. He had the like blonde, blonde hair. Wavier. It really was seeming like they're trying to harken back to original Jamie. I also think every, every character now looks so grungy, so it was yeah. a little refreshing to see someone so like clean shaven yeah. with hair like from Pantene Pro V commercials and like a very clean armor. And I mean, I he know. didn't really look like a Game of Thrones character. He looked like a Game of Thrones character from the earlier seasons. Yeah. Now everybody just looks like shit. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Him and Cersei kind of had, like, 
He kind of felt, I felt like he had yeah, something, something for Cersei, there, right? and I feel like Euron's going to kill him in jealousy. We'll see, yeah. and then sabotage that whole entire army. But I don't know. We'll yeah. see. Uh, speaking of Pantene Pro V hair, uh, let's talk about Theon. Yes. And Theon rescuing his sister. We thought that was a really cool scene, especially after her getting rescued, her headbutting him, right. but then reaching out to help him up. I and, thought that was absolutely perfect. Yeah, and yeah. I thought it was very appropriate for the situation that they were in, and it was completely in character of who she was because, I mean, she's pissed at him. Yeah. He basically left her, and then so she punched him, but then she's also very appreciative that he came back to yep. save her, so she hugged him. His hair, though, is <laughs> awesome. It's, it, it's, I mean... It's not, like, grungy like it used to be? Yeah, he looks great. He gained some weight. He looks more clean. And, I I mean, I just really could not stop Theon. looking at his hair. And, I mean, it was definitely a little Hobbit hair, but it, it just looked like <laughs> it, it was shampooed. De- it definitely looked like Hobbit hair. <laughs> like, straight up from Lord of the I Rings. I think I just... Like, Mary or Pippin. Right. And I'm just used to everyone's hair looking greasy. And so when I saw Theon's hair, I was like, wow... That looks very nice and clean, and I want to run my hands through it. So I think one thing that's good is we got that scene of Yara talking Mm -hmm. to him about what he wants to do. He was going to go along with her to go back to the Iron Islands. But then we got what we all want, I think, his reunion with the Starks. He's truly in his heart a Starks. Yes, by blood, he is a an ironborn Greyjoy, but at his heart, like he always said, and it's one of our favorite lines, and I probably say it wrong every time, but like, <laughs> my real father lost his head in King's Landing. Right. Um, it's funny because I think one of our predictions was that Theon was going to die saving yeah. his sister, but they really closed that situation yeah. off fairly quickly, and I liked yeah. it. You know, I wasn't that excited about where Theon's story was going in the season seven. I was like, okay, it makes sense that he's going to fight for his sister. He's yeah, we thought fight. it was going to be some lame side plot. Right, and we thought he was going to fight Euron and die in this honor defending his sister and redeem himself completely. So I was pleasantly surprised that he's going back to Winterfell mm. to redeem himself once more in front of the entire family. Yeah. I really liked that, and, and I'm, th- I'm happy that that's where Theon's going. And I think it's really poetic that all the remaining Starks, whether they're blood Starks or heart Starks. <laughs> heart Starks. Yeah. I heart Starks. Um, they're going to be defending Winterfell. Mm-hmm. And the honor of Ned, the honor of that family, and we'll see what happens there. And I liked how Yara told him to go. Yeah. That shows yeah, that their sure. relationship is strong and that she truly, truly loves him. Yeah, I agree. Um, another scene that we didn't really talk about and, and involves love is Davos and his discussion with Tyrion and Varys. He notices, hey, these two, they're a handsome couple. We might want to propose, like, bringing these two houses together. What do you think of that scene? I mean, I'm, I guess I'm a little confused because in the end of season seven, when John and Danny are having boat sex, you see Tyrion's creepy yeah, face. face listening on them under the staircase and like now all of a sudden he's talking about this proposal i mean he wasn't all all for it but i i wonder what that face was and how it's going to be incorporated into this season i i, I still don't know how he feels about them too it's still very unclear and i think that's the way they intend it to be but um I don't know. That kind of emotion that was from that look didn't translate to this scene at I all. I think it did. Did it? But it was, it, it translated no, in a sense. No, he seemed open to it. He a seemed marriage. open to it, but not 
like let's do it versus Davos was like yeah. proposing. I think he was That's still fair. John like, doesn't have much to offer. Come on. I mean, he's the true king. And well, he doesn't know that. He came back alive. That's not anything to offer. <laughs> oh, yeah, my my person it's that like I want to bio marry. Data. He's he he was stabbed. He's got some scars. That's Do okay. Do you think Davos needs to outline his bio data yeah. and say all of what his height is, his qualities, his uh, interests, his interests? I like but long walks with ghosts. <laughs> okay. I'm sad that Ghost was not in this episode. Once again, let's keep that counter running. Reset the clock you another would, episode without Ghost. You would think that John would get to Winterfell and hug it out with Ghost, but no, he dumps Ghost to go ride on this dragon. I bet Ghost saw that and he's probably pretty upset. But anyways, it was fine. I, I don't know what to think of what Tyrion thinks of John and Danny. Obviously, the relationship is now fraught with incest and yeah. switching of the crowns and... All of that jazz, but I think it's just a very interesting thing that we have to see how it plays out. I think that kind of segues into this kind of part, John finding out about being a Targaryen. I think it it relates a lot with that previous scene. Um, So we'll we'll skip a little bit to this and we'll go Mm -hmm. back to some other stuff. But John finding out that scene overall was really good. I thought it was really? well played. I thought John's acting was actually really good in that scene. And his use of excuses to throw out, um, like, oh, that means my father lied to me the whole time, or or this and that, while at the same time in his head, you know he's thinking, like, this is just fucked up. <laughs> and he's like, this can't be real. Like, I love this woman, but now I'm not allowed to. I, I thought that was probably some of his better acting that I've seen from Kit Harrington. And you can imagine those kind of things spinning in his head while he's just trying to blurt out things like, well, this isn't true. This is trees and all this stuff. Like, I liked how that played out. Mm-hmm. I liked Sam's delivery. I thought I loved, and we talked about this, I loved how it was inside the crypt, right? Mm-hmm. The only place where Liana has any presence, mm-hmm. the only place where Ned has any presence, really. Um, I, I really liked it, and I think we can talk about the future of this relationship um, and predictions about how it's going to play from there. But for me personally, and I know I've been kind of ranting about this, my prediction, and we've talked about how this show probably will have a bittersweet ending. Mm-hmm. I think with the proposal, I think the marriage will still happen. I think most of it is because I still truly believe that Daenerys is pregnant. Currently pregnant. Currently pregnant. Uh-huh. And I think John will basically have to carry the secret the way that his family, uh, that, that his dad did. Carry his the secret. His uncle. Technical. His, his uncle. Technicality. Um, carry the secret, marry Daenerys, but be very distant and possibly eventually die while holding the secret. Because <laughs> if anybody finds out they're an incest couple and their heir is like an incest baby, all is lost. Right. Nobody will care. Right. Everybody will get rid of them, and it'll be the end of it. Right. And I, I agree that's what's going to happen. Yeah. What, it, what I thought about the scene, I thought it was a little anticlimactic, but at the same time, I always thought it was going to be anticlimactic, and I always thought it was going to be a bit awkward, mm-hmm. but I will say it wasn't as awkward as I thought it was going to be. I thought... Before this episode came out and before us seeing John finding out, 
I thought it was going to be like, okay, so Bran and Sam are just going to go up to him while he's in a room and say, hey, we have something to tell you. But it was a lot more fluid than that and a lot more natural. I kind of just imagine, you know, what's that to catch a predator? (laughs) Hey, we need to talk. (laughs) Anyways, keep going. Sorry. Um, So I... I thought it was a a very uh, organic conversation and like you said of him throwing out excuses I I, I was a little surprised that he didn't tell Sam oh that means she's my aunt and I love her but But maybe Sam doesn't know right and then I realized Sam doesn't really know they're together or they're in love and I'm sure he'll find out but um, I think John is very conflicted and you know who I think would be a good resource Jamie you know, talking about, <laughs> hey, buddy. hey, so what is it like to love and be sexually attracted to a family member? I think they would really bond over I that. I would pay a lot of money to watch that scene because that would be <laughs> the funniest scene in Game of Thrones. Um, so I think that would maybe help him with his situation. Now, who knows if Jamie is going to be the best uh, advisor when it comes to that. But um, yeah, I think with John he definitely has to process this information a little bit more. I mean, he doesn't even know Lyanna Stark. He yeah. doesn't even know Rhaegar Targaryen. So the fact that he finds out these two people are their parents, it's a, it's a little bit hard to believe. And I think a little random. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, what? And it's, I also, I told you this last night. In I, I don't know why Sam didn't say, say, or why the writers just didn't say, Rhaegar and Lyanna fell in love and they got married and had you, John. Like, it it left out important pieces of information because I'm sure... To contextualize. Right. When John was growing up, I'm pretty sure that, you know, everyone knew that Rhaegar kidnapped Lyanna, raped her, and she died. So, like, it does John think that he's a product of rape? Because that whole story wasn't presented to him and maybe it was just, like forgotten details or it was done intentionally i don't know see and they could have cut a couple seconds off of the dragon riding scenes <laughs> no i mean the way it. he sh- delivered it was literally rhaegar and your and liana got married and had you that's yeah. all he had to say yeah. and the fact that he left such an important piece of information yeah. was a little odd so we'll see why they did that maybe there's a reason maybe we can just personally chalk it up to sam and Sam's previous scene, right? Mm-hmm. Sam's previous scene was him meeting up with Daenerys. Which was which my was, favorite scene in the entire episode. Yes. Amazing acting, amazing, really, really well done dialogue. Um, so he was on tilt because of that scene, obviously, right? He was just like, oh my God, they killed Dickon. On tilt? I mean, I don't even know what that means. That's a poker term. Okay. You're just like... <laughs> unruly in terms of your uh, emotions all right um but sam sam and danny had this conversation and he was typical sam before and he's like oh yeah you know i could use Happy a pardon and then he gets the moment and the, the the creators of the show really called out sam's acting and i right. forget the guy's name john john bradley. john bradley how when you first see him reacting about his dad's death he's just like Oh, yeah, that's sad. Right. right. And, but he's like, I think all three of them, yeah. all three actors, it was all in the face. Like, yeah. even Jorah's face, like, yeah. face he's acting like, or whatnot, was like, he is happy one minute and then he looks up knowing what has happened because I'm sure Jorah knows. Yeah. 
and just feeling bad and feeling like, oh, shit. And it's then, like those commercials want to get away. <laughs> <laughs> or like that Simpson meme where he like. Yeah, the, the Simpson Jorah totally <laughs> wanted to like just retreat back into the bush. And even Daenerys is acting when she realizes yeah. that she burned Randall Tarly and her brother. Like her face goes from a smile to just dropping. Yeah. But she delivered it like a queen. Yeah. And she delivered it in a respect. She didn't deliver in a respectful way, but she decisive just decisive way. Right. Like yeah. this is what happened and this is why I did it. Yeah. But it was it was still not as rude. Yeah. Or it and, was still sensitive. And That's also John Bradley's acting or Sam's line of like he basically said, excuse me, or like, Can't, may I? And he said, may it, I, right? It brought me, it, yes. And so that was so also Sam. civilized, right. right? And it brought me back to how Sam really was in the first season, yeah. like a very sensitive, yeah. kind of a coward, not saying that he was a coward in the scene, but like he goes from being really, he was sad about his yeah. dad, but then just completely like breaking down. And it was all in his face. Yeah. Like you just see the deterioration of emotions and not yeah. being able to keep it together. So I think And that, I loved it. And I think that actually does play into the the crypt scene talking to John because there are still tears on his eyes. Right. Well after rewatching it, you can I noticed it the first time his eyes are still have like residue tears. So you need to assume that I think he's still reeling from that news. Right. So maybe that's why he didn't do give you, all the information. Do you do you think that John's defense of Daenerys makes sense? And that, you know, personally, I think what Danny did was right. I thought, you know, the fact that Randall Tarley didn't bend the knee and he knew what the yeah. consequences were, like, it made sense. And, and I, I think I would do the same if I were to And I think that's queen. why I, I'm not sure that Sam will really hold. Well, I think because it has to do with the brother. Yeah. I think the father dying and being executed makes sense, but I think what everybody is, even Tyrion is upset, like you didn't have to kill the son, yeah. but at the same time, he would become Lord and he would hate Daenerys for killing her yeah. father. So it made sense that she killed him, but it's sad that Sam is the one who's such a good person yeah. to essentially grieve for that. Some of the last couple scenes that we want to cover include... Um, one pretty big one is John and Sansa's kind of reunion conversation in the in the kind of room. Right, and it was good, and I liked it. Um, I think, like we talked about earlier, she's upset. She's a little bit bitter, just like the rest of the Northerners are. And it shows that she is very observant, and she's not dumb because she does ask John straight up, "Are you in love with this girl?" Yeah, because any i mean little finger kind of seated in her head in the previous season but that goes to show that she's learning um because and i think she has a right to ask um it's funny that they didn't show it kind of ended like a soap opera where they just look at each other and he doesn't answer yeah he probably answers but they just didn't they show just us. didn't show it um and i i liked when he said do you have any faith in me and she's like of course i do but I asked this last night to you. Do you think Sansa will somehow betray John? And some I don't know how she would, but do you think that she will do something to sabotage? I guess his standing standing with the North. I don't think he'll do any. She'll do anything to sabotage actively like that. But I wouldn't if she finds out that he's a Targaryen. She's already Lady of Winterfell. Yeah, and I guess is he Lord of the Winter Winterfell? Or is he just a lord? Well, the thing I guess that's what Liana was asking earlier. Yeah, because it's like, well, the thing is, if he, if Sansa finds out that he's a Targaryen, 
then she's the leader of Winterfell. And that's what she already is. I mean, I I think John is not going to be. Maybe she maybe she's will become wardeness in the north, but um, you know I do think she loves him, and he loves her. But she knows he's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> but was he dumb? Yeah, it makes sense as to why he bent the knee. Yeah, he did it for the north and for humanity, not for his crown. Yeah, but to Sansa, like we discussed earlier, that's not how she fully sees it. And when he explains that to her, she does keep quiet because she is in the back of her head know that. The White Walkers are coming. Yeah. She calls all the Northern Lords, called the banners. Her... She's just making her stance that you shouldn't have abandoned your crown because we worked so hard for it. Is yeah. this the right thing to do? Because I don't trust this Targaryen queen. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny that he said she's not like her father. But how does Sansa know that? Yeah. She she doesn't trust anyone. <laughs> Um, Remember what Littlefinger told her? You have to play every scenario. You got to play that. 3D chess, right? <laughs> or 4D chess, I think is the term <laughs> that people use. Speaking of kind of calling banners and those types of things, we, we got to a scene with the Umber kid. Ned. Oh, God. That Ned, was... Ned Umber, named after Ned Stark. <sighs> that An- was... Another Ned <laughs> murdered, this time by, by the White Walkers. It's the third Ned. That scene told us a couple things. Tormund is alive. Beric Dondarrion is alive. That crew is alive. How did they escape the wall when it was crashing down? They really walked down They're, those stairs okay. fast. Or their parachutes. <laughs> parachutes off. Yeah, that's what they did. So that scene was so creepy. I think the only other scene that I've ever been creeped out with Game of Thrones was the very first scene in season one. It did with have that the feel. Wa- it had the creepy... And the creepy kid. Th- yes, and that was also another parallel that I would like to point yeah. out. Like They were both children that were essentially whites that woke up and try to murder the other folks in the scene but that first scene i remember when i first watched game of thrones in that first scene i was like this is a horror movie and i don't like horror movies i don't like scary movies Mm -hmm. it really creeped me out and i was very scared when i watched the i thought the dragon was going to eat someone or A zombie was good. And I'm used to the zombies, but it just was dark and the blood. Very atmospheric. Yeah. And the blood and yeah. like they're walking into a murder scene, yeah. but there's no bodies. So you're waiting for something to pop yeah. out or you're That's waiting. That's true. And so it just had that creepy horror movie vibe. And I don't really want to watch that scene again. Yeah. And I also don't like when they show children like that. I yeah. thought it was so sad that little boy died like that. And surrounded by arms. arms. And it was just, it was like a horror movie. To make light of that, at least, who are the intern White Walkers who had to like cut off the arms and set that up? <laughs> and then secondly, who's the production design interns who had to set up those arms also? That's, oh. that's a funny thought you can take away from it. I mean... It, 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 there's a lot of uh, like gifts about him popping up and Tormund standing there, which is funny. Yeah. But I I was scared for Tormund. I thought, oh, is this how Tormund's no. gonna die by a child? Um, but I I was really sad that I don't I just don't like when children die. Yeah. And so it was kind of it was it was heart wrenching that he was pinned to the wall see and also they showed it it was such a vicious death yeah plus when they lit it on fire it kind of looked like the targaryen like it, it did sigil, i don't know if that was intentional i don't think it's intentional as well but it was kind of interesting right so finally talking about 
you know, children who aren't really there anymore. Uh, let's talk about Bran. Um, <laughs> he's not quite there. He even says, oh, he's almost a man. I don't really know what that means, whether it's... There's a lot of different definitions there, but it's probably mostly because he's the three-eyed raven now and he's not really a man. It's like, okay, dude, you're really serious about this stuff. I took it as he's not a fully realized three-eyed raven. So he's almost, I don't know, a man. So Bran overall, um, appearing in places, (laughs) really robotic, but he's being Bran. Lots of staring. I think one thing was, especially in that opening scene where he's like, we don't have time for this. (laughs) He's being an avatar for the audience and pretty much relaying our thoughts. We're like, nobody's got time for this shit. These fucking White Walkers are coming. They got an ice dragon. I wish Bran would deliver it the way you just delivered it. It would be a lot more entertaining. Um, Yeah, so we have that, Bran. But then the final scene of the whole episode Mm -hmm. was really cool. It was Jamie sneaking into Winterfell in his cloak. And we we both knew it was Jamie, right? Um, And then finally stepping into this place where he hadn't been since the first episode mm-hmm. of season one and then looking around, but then he pauses and then he sees this awkward ass brand. I thought brand was totally going to just raise his hand like, hello. <laughs> and I hello. think that's another great example of the great face acting we saw yeah. in this episode. Yeah. This is one of my, fa- this is my second to favorite scene yeah. is, uh, even though it was like half a second, there's literally no talking. But Jamie's face of just when I, I don't even know how to describe it. It was it was shock mixed in with like, oh fuck, yeah, shit. I I did that and I feel really bad. And it all happened within like yeah. two seconds of us watching his face. And even Brand's face, even though like he doesn't have a face anymore and he just it's stares. Satisfied? satisfaction? It was a little like. I felt like he still kind of was a little upset. I don't know. That's how I was maybe projecting yeah. my feelings for Bran onto Bran's face. But I felt like, oh, I don't really like you <laughs> because of what you did to me. I mean, he essentially paralyzed him, but yeah. set him on this path to be a three-eyed raven. So maybe he is grateful. But like I said in the previous episode, Jamie is so desperate to be good. And yeah. he just has this one not well one thing but a thing that he did he carries with him that he pushed a child off and paralyzed him for the rest of the life that is not something a good decent person and it's funny does. he's probably riding up to winterfell and he's like yeah maybe hopefully they'll just forget about it and nobody's got to talk about it i feel it. like and he might have forgotten like the, about and it and then it's like oh fuck i, I did, did do that, that. <laughs> oh man and so i thought the acting that came yeah. from jamie was on and I think both of us agree point. he's probably a top three, four actor on the show, and he doesn't get recognized by like the Emmys or mm-hmm. anything like that. Yeah, he's been nominated a couple times, mm-hmm. but like we talked about it, we both believe that he probably could have won Best Supporting Actor for one of that that scene right. with Brienne and mm-hmm. was that season four, three uh, with in the Riverlands. Yeah, that when was he was in the, like the bath, the bathhouse. Oh, that was season three. So one thing I want to say with um, Jamie before we move on is that um, I I didn't think that was how Jamie was going to come to Winterfell. I thought that, quote, reunion between Jamie and Bran was going to happen later, but that just shows how important that whole aspect of him pushing Bran is going to be. Um, So I'm really interested to see how it plays out because, you know, Jamie told Catelyn that he pushed him. But nobody else 
really no. knows. Really knows. Yeah. Like unless Brand told them. Oh, I guess Brand knows. I'm sure Brand told Sansa and Arya everything. But um yeah, so I'm really I was I was happy that kind of was like the first thing he saw because like, yeah, dude, you did do that. <laughs> and that's what basically set off the war for the five king or the war of the five kings and this entire situation. I think the funny thing is Jamie getting back to Winterfell kind of brings this episode full circle with the first episode of mm-hmm. season one. Mm-hmm. Almost everybody who's still alive, except maybe Cersei, that was in that episode was all in this episode mm-hmm. together in Winterfell. Other than the people that died, like I said, Ned and Robert Baratheon and some of these other people. But the major players that are left that appeared in that first episode they appeared in this episode together in winterfell when bran told sam that he's waiting for old friend did you automatically think no. it was gonna be who did you think it was I don't gonna know. be maybe i did i don't really remember but it's kind of funny because he sat there the entire night can you imagine like his um i don't know assistant or whatever they call like, them hey, like you want to come in hey it's time to go to bed and he's like no and they're like okay i guess he's sleeping out here <laughs> like what a weird dude and he just is staring at him does bran sleep Mm, no, he just browses the internet, aka his mind. He's just like, oh yeah, let's go back to the year one thousand. I wonder if Jamie will go up to him, the, or if Brand. What Jamie's just gonna run away? He's like, oh, he didn't see. I me. mean, yeah, Jamie's not gonna run away. Jamie will go up to him, maybe apologize or say, he should. and then Brand's gonna say something weird to him, and then he's gonna give that face that everybody gives to Brand when he says something. <laughs> They're like what? what? Who are you? Huh? All right, so, I mean, that wraps up the episode. After discussing it with you a lot, uh, I'm willing to upgrade my score a little bit. I think maybe I was being, being a little bit hard on it. Um, let's let's push it up a little bit to like a 7, 7.1, 7.2. It was above average. You like good. a whole new world. That's the favorite no. part in Aladdin. Well, it is, <laughs> but not in, not in my dragon shows. Um, so the next segment is a return of a fan favorite. It's... Send a raven. Did you send the ravens? That was your job. Your only job. So thank you, everybody, for coming back. Nowadays, you know, there's all these new platforms. Back 20 months ago when we last did our episodes, I don't think Instagram stories was a thing. I don't think a bunch of, like, these these other platforms were a thing. I feel like an old man saying this stuff. But we got a bunch of submissions, and thanks, everybody, for submitting your questions. And you guys can always you can always text us your questions. You can send them through any messaging platform. You can post on any of our Facebook posts or our Instagram posts, reply to our Instagram story. We appreciate it. We're, we know that you guys are listening, and we love receiving these questions and answering them. Um, so let's kick it off with the question that we got most recently. It's from Amrita Carr, and it's for those of us who quit after the Red Wedding episode, Whoa. what happened with the scary winter monsters? You should just listen to what we just talked about right now. Yeah. Uh, can I sum it up in a couple episodes, a couple sentences? Um, they're coming. They're coming. They're scary. They got a dragon. Exactly. That's it. That's it. Next question. Tony Manorino asks, do we think Cersei is or ever really was pregnant? I think we answered yep. the question. I said, no, I don't think she ever was. And I said she could have been, but not anymore, but definitely not currently pregnant. Yeah. Um, Blake Friedman asks, should there be a horror spinoff where Bran is the serial killer bad guy? Yes. Would you, would you watch that? Yes, I would watch that. I'd and watch it. 
I don't know. I, I think he should be cast at least in whatever horror movie comes out next <laughs> and use his like steel like look as as a horror movie villain. Would um, he be in a wheelchair though? Maybe. Oh, Keep it on the nose. That's sad. Uh, Bob Red Jones asks, how do you think the fellowship would have turned out if Pippin didn't knock that skeleton and chain down the well and the fellowship got through Moria silently and Gandalf didn't die fighting the Balrog and remained Gandalf the Grey? Hmm. I think she's a little confused on... I think it's a he. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Um, I think he's a little confused on the property we're talking about. But, you know, I think about that question a lot when I watch Lord of the Rings. Like, fucking Pippin. I fucking hate Pippin. Nobody likes Pippin. I mean, Pippin did good in the end, but why did he have to knock the skeleton? Anyways, we have to move on. But he's everybody's least favorite hobbit, right? Well, Pippin was actually named after, or excuse me, Pip Pip was named after Pippin. Not not Pip, our our kid. Pip, 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 Pippin, Pip. Oh, my gosh. But anyways... That is He's a question for another podcast. One that we won't have. <laughs> Roxana Torado asks, when will Melisandre return and will it be with an army? Um, it I don't will... think she'll show up before Winterfell Battle. I mean, I don't get it. Will she have an army of witches or an army of bitches? I was, I was I'm practicing. not going to I've been waiting for to say that line when I read that question. I'm not gonna acknowledge that. Um, but I, 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 all I can think of is, I don't see her having an army. Maybe she'll have some more red priests and priestesses back with her. But I think she's definitely gonna come back because she said herself that she has to die in this strange land. Yeah, um, I see her coming back before the final two episodes after okay. the Winterfell battle. Yeah, maybe she'll just raise a bunch of people from the dead and then they'll keep going. Carly Johnson asks, what did you think of Arya and Jon's reunion? I thought it was underwhelming. Sorry to hear that, Carly. I think Regina said similar. I liked it, personally. Um, The next question from Carly was, what was your favorite tweet or meme regarding the premiere? Did you have any or there's really some that you... I mean, the only thing that I thought was just the most hilarious, which you told me, was that... um... You know, the reason why Bran is just kind of hanging out outside and staring at people and not really moving is because Winterfell is not wheelchair accessible. Yeah, there's no ramps. So he's just kind of like, all right, maybe I'll just sleep in the night and just wait for my old friend. Yeah. I thought that was the the funniest one that I read. Yeah, uh, that was a really good one. So you kind of stole my thunder, but it's okay. The second one that I had was... Um, I don't know, the Drake hotline bling meme where he's like saying, oh, no, I don't like that one. I like that one. It was with Cersei's face. And Cersei's like, no, I don't want like horses or dragons. She's like, the second picture was, oh, I want elephants. Because she was so like really disappointed that the dude didn't bring the elephants. Okay. The way you described it just wasn't, doesn't sound very funny. See, if you've <laughs> seen the meme, then you'd understand. But, you know. All right. We'll show so, it to me later. You're not. But that was a memes. very poor description of the meme. I mean, you also hate Drake, so that probably hurt the meme. No, I still don't think it's funny. Regina hates Drake. Um, <laughs> He's on my Drake list. Michael Welburn asks, does Dragonglass chip when you try to use it in battle against iron? That's a good point. I think we can assume because it's made from dragons that it, it should be at least equal to steel. Yeah. Let's just say that. Steel and iron. I assume that it's very strong. And heavy, so um, I assume that it won't break. Yeah. But we also have to remember with dragon glass is that these whites 
slash zombies, whatever you want to call them, they don't really use weapons. Yeah, that's true. So um, using dragon so glass, it doesn't, it doesn't yeah. really matter. And dragon glass against a white walker or a valerian steel against a ice sword uh, is something that we need to yeah. think about. But I don't think dragon glass against iron is really going to be happening. Yeah. Um, a couple more questions. These first, these next couple from Taylor Grimes. First, will Danny kill John? Hmm. She does ha- definitely feel like you know. Sometimes I think she wants to kill Sadza, especially when <laughs> she's like, "Your sister needs to respect me." And then John's like, "Ooh,", ooh, ooh. and then like you know, she definitely has a tendency to. Ha- I don't want to say she's like a mad queen because I think she's far from it, but I think she expects that respect, and I do. She's a little quick on the trigger finger of the flamethrower. <laughs> the Drakaris thrower. I don't think Danny will kill John. No, I don't think so. At all. She's not a bad person. She's not like that. She's um, not a bad queen. Taylor also asked, if Targaryens can ride dragons, how come Danny isn't weirded out? If only Targaryens can ride dragons, how come Danny's not weirded out by John riding one? So is that an established rule? That only tar- I know Targaryens were the only ones to ride a dragon, but did anyone else try? I don't know. They they probably didn't live to tell the story about it. Yeah, so I mean that's maybe why she's so attracted to John is because yeah. she has some odd connection with her dragons and that's something that she is, wants to explore and feels like is very important. I so he, that's why she was so comfortable asking to, for John to ride a dragon. Yeah. The other scene that kind of plays into this was Tyrion being really close to that dragon. And we know Tyrion's not a Targaryen. Right. I don't care what other theories are out there. I don't. I just don't think that's true, at least in the, the world of the show. Um, so that shows dragons, if they know you're good, maybe they're willing to let you be close to them mm-hmm. and possibly ride them. And Jon has the closest connection. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's why she's not right. rated out. And and and. Like I said, maybe it's something that she thinks about, but I do think the dragons know. I mean, yeah, they smell they, it on they him. smell it on him. So even if they, it's from Danny. Oh, <laughs> god damn it! Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's their mother. Okay, but the dragons definitely feel something for John. I definitely want to see more of a con- I like I want to see more of a connection between John and Rhaegal. We don't really get a lot from Rhaegal. We always have Drogon. The ghost is just going to be jealous of Rhaegal. <sighs> I know. See, AM and I forgot about Ghost, but I want to see if if they're going to disregard Ghost. I want to see some John and Rhaegal connections happening. Um so I hope to see that in the future because I think that relationship is going to be important unless both of them die i can just imagine ghost looking up (laughs) seeing john riding and having a single tear fall down his furry (laughs) little face and just being really sad that john doesn't acknowledge like fuck this i'm gonna go find nymeria and go hunt some things in the forest poor ghost taylor's final question is will Arya get turned into a super terrifying assassin white while wearing her own face or someone else's. That'd be, number one, depressing because Arya would die, but also pretty cool. That would be pretty cool. scary. Yeah. Maybe she would be the white to actually know how to use a sword. Yeah. That'd be awesome. <laughs> what do you think of her weapon? 
So the way that I see it is that scene is not meant to be paused. <laughs> and we um, definitely paused it because we were like, what's this drawing? But then when you look really close to the drawing, it's like, yeah, bro, I want this like thing with dragon class <laughs> tipped and it just needs to connect. And it's like, it's really cool. And it's not a very scientifically no. drawn. It's like, hey, dragon glass arrow <laughs> pointed to this thing and this thing goes into this. It thing. was very elementary. Yeah, it was quite elementary. But hey, she hasn't been in school for a long time. Okay. She's not a designer. She doesn't have Photoshop. She doesn't have CAD. She doesn't have anything like that. So maybe they just shouldn't have shown it. They should have just showed her giving the paper. Or maybe, this is us being a little too critical of the details. Yeah. So or maybe she just drew the drawing up because she wanted to go see her boyfriend. Sure. Gendry. Sure. Um, the final question from Scott Roberts: If you could go back in time and legitimately cast Jason Statham as any character in the show, not as a joke. And honestly, be cool with it. Who would it be? Scott says, I say Dario Naharis. I say Braun. Braun works. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the note about Dario Naharis, in the books, he had flowing blue hair. With so, beetles on his beard. Yeah, and, and a mustache that was real twirly. I don't yeah. think Jason Statham could quite pull that off. I don't know. I feel like he could. As long as you have confidence, he could pull anything off. Okay. Um, <laughs> my pick is Cereal Pharrell. Oh. Because Jason Statham, he's a very good fighter, mm-hmm. right? We could have gotten to see some badass like choreography, and he's kind of snarky, mm-hmm. and he doesn't really have a look or an accent the way that the rest of Westeros has, so mm-hmm. he could be an outsider. So that's what I would pick, and he's a badass fighter. Hmm. Good choice. So, yeah. so once again, thanks for all the questions. Feel free to send any questions at any time via text, via social media, via Raven, via Pigeon Messenger, via anything. We're always grateful to receive and answer your question. So the final segment of our episode, it's the MVP of the episode. So one thing to note about this, and we were thinking through how we're going to kind of define the MVP of the episode, and I think that's just it. Think about basketball or baseball or a lot of these sports. The term most valuable doesn't have a strict definition. It's up to the person who's giving the award or doing the vote to determine the narrative that matters to themselves the most. Um, so it could be whether you like their acting the best. You could be, it could be you enjoyed what happened to them in the show the most, or they had the most impactful moment or actual action. So it's all up in the air. So using that, who would be your MVP? So I would say Sam. The king in the north! I think he, his reaction in that scene and his acting and even Sam has a character it was the most impactful for me. I think when that scene happened, and it's funny because I always thought it was going to be a thing, and you were also right that, you know, they might spend four minutes on it, but that was the best scene in the episode, and I thought he did a great job showing the range of emotions, being from, like, nervous and happy to complete breakdown. Yeah. He won that episode for me. I actually wholeheartedly agree. The king in the north! That was exactly who my MVP was and is based on the acting. We talked about the scene and his acting earlier uh, in the podcast, and he just knocked it out of the park in a way that John Bradley hasn't before. Mm -hmm. And he captured the emotions uh, perfectly in that Mm -hmm. scene, and it won the episode for me. So, with that said, thanks for joining us, and we can't wait to talk about next week's episode. Yeah, I think that one's going to be a good one. Thanks, everybody.